So when I started in digital marketing, I was a salesperson, and I asked my boss, I said, what's the best kind of leads as a digital marketer? And he said, plastic surgeons. They've got loads of money. They always need marketing. They need new clients. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go out and target this audience. So I, did, I made a list of all the plastic surgeons in Melbourne, and I went and knocked on all their doors, and I couldn't get past the practice manager. So I tried cold calling them. Couldn't get past the practice manager again. So I thought I'd use LinkedIn to, to reach out to them. And what happened is, over the course of a week, I contacted 10 surgeons, I had six responses, four meetings, and I made one sale. But the interesting thing was, the sale that I made was, um, I think the website was $23,000 at the time, uh, which was you know, a, a big sale for the firm that I was working in. So the next week, I contacted 20 surgeons, and I amplified it until I was delegating to an assistant. We actually grew that business from eight people to 120 within the course of 18 months. And so when something's working extremely well, it doesn't take long for other people to ask you to show them how to do it as well. I was a member of a networking group on Chapel Street and um, met some of the members said to me, you know, we, we would like to pay you for you to teach us how you get leads on LinkedIn. And so I thought, okay, maybe there's an opportunity here. And that's when I decided to start up uh, Bibby Consulting Group. We run training programs for the Australian Digital Marketing Institute. So once a month, I'd go around to every city in Australia and run a three-hour fundamentals course on how to use LinkedIn. And I thought I was pretty good at LinkedIn, but when I actually started training people on how to use it is when I actually started to really you know, uh, deepen my knowledge on the platforms. You probably heard that Microsoft bought LinkedIn a year or two ago for 26 billion. In the last year, how much do you think engagement has gone up on LinkedIn? Who thinks 100%? Engagement means um, how much time people are spending, how much time the members are spending on there. Who thinks 100%? Who thinks 200%? Who, who thinks 300%? A lot of you are not sure. <laughs> it's 300%. So people are spending three times as much time on LinkedIn. And that's because LinkedIn's made the algorithm smarter, so it's delivering more relevant content to its users so they want to spend more time on there. And they've introduced video, which has been quite powerful. They're about to use, uh, introduce LinkedIn Live video. And what's cool about LinkedIn as well is because it's a little bit behind all of the other platforms, like Facebook and Instagram, it's quite easy for us to predict when live video comes out that it's going to do really well because it did well on Facebook. I went uh, skydiving a couple of years ago. Has anyone else been skydiving? It was the scariest thing I've ever done, you know, by far. I was at a Tony Robbins event in Date With Destiny, and Tony Robbins said, the only thing that trumps fear is massive action, but he just looked directly at me when he said it, and I decided to book in a skydive for the next morning, and I was the only one on the plane, it was 7 a.m., and I was terrified, but I made it through safely, landed on the beach, and I truly felt at that moment that anything was possible when I landed on that beach. It's an incredible feeling. The reason I'm sharing this with you is because that guy on the back there is the reason that I you know, made it and why I survived, is because he knew exactly what uh, height to pull the parachute at, he knew exactly where we were gonna land. I didn't know any of that stuff. I was just you know, petrified. And I think what's happening with social media is a lot of us are getting into it without a plan. We don't know where we're going. We don't know what time we're going to open the shoot. We don't know where our customers are. We haven't done any of the research to actually figure out what, you know, what we're actually doing here, what we're trying to achieve. It's how many people are like posting on social media, but you're doing it when you think about it, you know, on the day you think about it. You don't know exactly who your target audience is, where they're spending their time, and your unique value proposition, then that's what you need to do before you do anything else. When I started in LinkedIn marketing seven years ago, I was generating personally 100 leads per month for my business. 
and you look at my LinkedIn profile, there was no post, there was no content, you wouldn't see anything uh, public that was going on to, to achieve that result. So I think that a lot of people um, think, assume that the way that you get leads through LinkedIn is just by posting you know, content and they expect that, you know, that, that to bring in business. I was doing lead generation on LinkedIn for three years without posting anything. So it was all happening behind the scenes with direct messaging. So social media creates conversations, conversations create relationships, and relationships create sales. We've been very successful, if you look at the vanity metrics, I guess, in terms of the number of followers, views, likes, and all the comments, and all that sort of stuff. And it's amplified the results that we get from direct response, lead generation. However, I think there's a lot of people that are doing those vanity metrics, getting it right, but are not doing the return on investment bit. The first thing that you need to do with anything on LinkedIn is you need to optimize your profile. That's the most important thing, because whatever you do, whether it's advertising, posting content, or you know, contacting people uh, with direct messages, they're always going to get your profile as part of the process. I think that the lead generation side of things, the most similar industry to what we offer is not social media. I think it's telemarketing. You know, I think it's lead generation systems have been disrupted, because you can't call people up anymore and expect to get the result. Cold calling is 1%, effective 1% of the time now. And so when you contact someone on social media, it's very different to a cold call because when you do a cold call, you have to tell people who you are and why you contacted them straight away, first thing you have to do. But on LinkedIn, you don't need to do either of those things because they can click on your name, read your profile. So it's important that when they get to your profile that it is in customer-centric language, that it identifies the problem of your target audience so they can relate to it, and then it goes through your value proposition. What do most people have on their profile? <laughs> Sorry? CV. CV, correct, yeah. Most people have the resume. If anyone can tell me a more boring piece of content that you could provide a potential customer, you know, let me know now because I've never bought anything from looking at someone's CV, ever. You know, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, if you're using it to get clients you, and you look like a CV, you need to update it, basically. It's, it's your professional website. It's like your personal brand website. And so it needs to be written uh, in customer-centric language. And profile optimization also means ranking at the top of the search results. So people will use LinkedIn as a search engine. Why would they use LinkedIn? Well, people want to see who's in their network already that might offer something. So if I'm looking for an accountant, for example, I've started a business, and I might hop on LinkedIn and look for accountant. And then I'll see, first of all, the people I'm already connected to. Then I'll see the people that are in my second degree network, which are people who have connections in common with me. So if you're connected with somebody, you know, like if you're an accountant and you're connected with somebody who's doing that search and you're not showing up at the top, it's a huge missed opportunity. Having an accountant in your headline is going to you know, be beneficial if that's a keyword you want to target. Same with if you're a you know, financial advisor or whatever it may be. But what most people have in their headline, they have director or CEO or business development manager or whatever the, you know, their job title is, which no one's necessarily going to be searching for. So there's nothing wrong with having that, but also have keywords in there as well. The top three places that you want to have keywords on your profile is in your headline, in the title of your experience, so your job title in your experience, which is further down the profile, and you want to have keywords in your summary as well, which is the top chunk of text. And your summary is really, if anyone's going to read anything on your profile, they're going to read your summary. That's basically the top bit. And so a lot of, a lot of people actually don't even bother writing a summary at all. So that's the bit which I would suggest getting you know, copywritten proper, properly to communicate with your customers. 
Now, the third component, which is pretty logical, is to make sure that your profile converts visitors to opportunities, right? If you, some of you guys are in web design or you know, user experience, you'll, you'll know that you know, websites have a conversion hierarchy and all that sort of stuff. We use the same methodology on LinkedIn. So we have a primary conversion objective, a secondary conversion objective, and we tell people what to do next. So you know, if we want people to connect with us, we want them to go to our website, we just tell them. It doesn't have to be a strong call to action, but we make it easy for them to get to the next step. Therefore, conversion rate's a lot higher. So I think most people, where they don't understand something, they just stick their head in the sand. Like I did a talk to uh, 150 business people who worked for Westpac. So they were in their youth network, 150 of them. They're all under the age of 30. And I said, put up your hand if you've got a recommendation on your LinkedIn profile. And only three of them put their hand up. And I said, keep your hand up if you've got more than one recommendation. And it was only one person. So that's how easy it is to stand out. These guys are all tech savvy. They're under the age of 30. They probably never licked a postage stamp. Right? So, yeah, it doesn't take much. If you've got more than one recommendation, you're in the top, you know, I expect 5% at least. And if you have videos on your profile, I mean, no one bothers to do video. Videos, by the way, get more engagement on LinkedIn than any other kind of post. And only 1% of the whole network are using them. Only 1%. It's a huge opportunity to get attention. And the algorithm, the way it's working at the moment, it's a bit like Facebook four years ago, is they are uh, amplifying uh, good organic content on LinkedIn. So like in Facebook, when you used to be able to grow your followers and you used to get a little bit of engagement and then all of a sudden you went viral, that, you can do that on LinkedIn at the moment. It won't last um, because what will happen is when they get the engagement high enough, they'll amplify the paid stuff and they'll reduce the organic stuff. And it doesn't matter if you've got 30,000 followers on LinkedIn because you won't be able to reach them unless you pay to. Put your hand up if you're posting content on LinkedIn regularly. Keep your hand up if you're doing videos. A few of you, awesome. I've been at the airport. I was buying a coffee and someone came up to me and they said, hey, Nathaniel, I've, you know, I've watched your videos. It's so awesome that you're here. Let me buy you a coffee. I was like, no, don't worry about it. And he goes, no, no, I insist. I'll buy you a coffee. And I was like, okay, okay no worries. And he bought me a coffee, and I was just sitting there afterwards. I was thinking, shit, no one ever bought me a coffee when I wrote because of the blog post they read. You know, video like is, it just creates such a deeper connection with with people. Has anyone um, heard of Kerwin Ray, by the way? A few of you. I went to see Kerwin Ray last week, and I managed to have an interview with him and stuff like that. And uh, he was talking about this thing called the mere exposure effect. And basically, what that means is. If people are more familiar with a business or more familiar with an individual, they're more likely to do business with them. 20 years ago, we would need four or five exposures before somebody was familiar enough with you to, to trust you and want to do business with you. These days, it's 18 to 20 exposures. One way of looking at you know, social media marketing is how do I get 18 to 20 exposures with people in my target audience so that they're at a stage where they're familiar enough you know, with me to want to do business? And then you could give them a call to action. Yes? Um, when you're writing an article, do you... Do you... Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, so the question was, um, you don't know how many people have actually um, scrolled past your article and how many people have actually... So like, what, the way that LinkedIn algorithm works at a very basic level, I mean, we don't really know, but this is the way I think it works, is there's three steps that really um, LinkedIn will go through before they you know, decide where your content sits on the platform, basically. There's an automated tool that will scan your content to see if it's likely to be spam or not. And there's a few different things like, you know, as long as you're not doing spam, you should be fine. Um, but it'll be looking for things like outbound links and all that sort of stuff. And, and um, so th that happens. And then it might show it to, say, 10% of your network. 
And if after showing it to, so let's say you've got 100 people you're connected to, if it shows it to 10 people and two or three people comment on it or you know, like it, it will show it to 50 people. And then if that continues, then it will show it to your whole network. And then if, if that continues, and let's say the engagement ends up being like 30, 40% of your, the people that it gets served to actually engage with it, then you've got a piece of content that might go viral. At the moment, yeah, you can do that. So like one of the, th the most important things when you're posting content is that you get engagement fast. So it's not actually you know, about um, getting people to content over time. It's actually about getting people to content as soon as you release it. So the first hour is the most important. You know, how many people drive traffic to their posts in the first hour? Not many. Um, Question? The question was, um, does being a LinkedIn Premium member get you better exposure? Uh, no. So the way that LinkedIn Premium works is it gives you some more targeting capabilities. So you can find more people. You can actually view more profiles on a daily basis. So if you're getting capped out because you're doing way too much you know, on LinkedIn, then it's worth upgrading. One of the, the search features which we normally you know, encourage clients to upgrade for is company size. So you can target people by the size of their business. But other than that, you don't need premium to generate a, you know, a ton of leads on LinkedIn. In fact, I'd probably encourage you not to at the start because if you can, you know, you want to be investing in something like that once you've proven that you can get return on investment. People think that, oh, no, I'm going to buy the most expensive LinkedIn advertising service or whatever, and all these people are going to come out of the computer and throw their credit cards at them. It's just not going to work like that. The biggest selling point was emails, right? So email is when you pay to message somebody that you don't know. So I bought the recruiter license, which gives you 5,000 or so emails, because I thought that's the answer, right? I've got to send them to everyone I don't know. I found that the conversion rate was like one or two percent, which is you know pretty pretty crap. Almost as bad as email marketing. When I connect with somebody, which is free, and then send them a message, the conversion rate on average was 15 percent. And so at the end of the year, I still had 3,000 email credits left, and I said, oh, I don't want them. I don't want to renew because. Conversion rate's crap, because you think about it, it comes through as a sponsored message, people can see it's um, paid for, and you, know, you generally do explain who you are and why you contact them, so you just look like a salesperson. You know, that's the biggest thing with lead generation on LinkedIn is you don't want to come across as a salesperson. That's not, that's not what you want to do. You can only tell people what they already know or what they already know they want to know. As soon as you start telling somebody something that they haven't asked for, you're going to come across as a salesperson and it won't work. Okay, so if any of you are thinking LinkedIn lead generation is a waste of time because I've see, seen my inbox, seen those messages, I would never respond to any of them. I agree with you. I would never respond to them either. That's why we do it differently. It's really important that you don't start selling to somebody until you recognize that they've got the problem that you solve. For my business, for example, if I find a company which I know for a fact that I can generate leads for you know, better than any other um, platform, better than any other agency, and I could grow their business real fast, for me to contact them and say, hey, you know, I've had a look at your website, you should talk to me because I can grow your business really, really fast, here's my testimonials, I've won all these awards, blah, 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 400 million, blah, blah, blah. It's just stupid because I don't know if they've got the problem or they recognize the problem yet. So what I would say is, I've had a look at your website, I'm interested in finding out more about your business objectives, what your growth plans are, what are you doing with your marketing, can we have a chat? So I want to find out the information from them. So I'm showing interest in them, it's not about me, it's about the other person and I want to find out if they have the problem that I solve. And that's the key. That's the key to lead generation on LinkedIn. Yeah, so the question was, is it better to have well-produced videos or just handheld ones off the cuff? It's way more important 
uh, the value that you're providing. I think with off-the-cuff ones, you, there will be a lot more of them that don't provide any value. Like any of those posts that you see that um, start with like Happy Monday or Hello Everyone. When people are watching your videos, they are watching them on their own, generally. Like there's not really like a big group of people getting together. So if they're on their own, you want to talk to them like they're one person, not like Hello Everyone, you know, Happy Monday, here I am, I'm on, front, I'm on video, yay. There's no value there, it's not about anything. So you've got to explain, you know, what the video is about, what they can expect from you, and then deliver some value. It doesn't really matter that much, but I, I guess my answer would be, it depends on your market, you know? Um, so if you're dealing with corporates and they value like professional standards, then it's worthwhile investing. Some companies find that when they upgrade to good production, that the results aren't as good because it seems less authentic. If you can upgrade without um, losing the authenticity, you do have more chance of driving emotion because you think you've got things like music and cuts and all that sort of stuff. I personally uh, use most of my production on video marketing is professional. I find that I work better with an audience or, or with people when I'm video recording. So that's just my personal preference. But um, just try it and see what works for you, mate. And when LinkedIn Live comes out, it'll smash any other kind of content on the algorithm because it's, it's present and less people will be using it. And on Facebook, it, you know, it got a lot more um, traction on YouTube, it did as well, Instagram. So it's bound to happen on LinkedIn. I think that um, they'll be favoring live video in a big way. The question was, is it, if it's best to um, post product videos through your company page or your personal profile. The personal profile at the moment is, it gets a lot more um, engagement, a lot more traction. The, uh, the only reason you would use a company page, in my professional opinion, is um, if you want to sponsor the content. Because yeah, at the moment, you can't do it through a personal profile, which is crazy. That'll change eventually. But um, yeah, so if you want to run ads and you want to show it to hundreds of thousands of people, then obviously you need to post it through a company page and then share it through your personal profile. Um, yeah, so going back to what I was saying before about getting engagement up front, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Like there's a couple of just little tips or hacks or whatever. Um, oh yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> good one for the video to have in the background. <laughs> so a couple of tips is you use hashtags, right? They're still not, they're still catching on on LinkedIn. But essentially, like if you use a hashtag, you know, like IT or marketing or blockchain, people will be looking at that content. And so you'll get, you know, people viewing it from uh, those hashtags. And then also tag individuals in your post. Like it's a great, it's a very quick way to get um, people to look at your content real quick. So if there's anyone that's relevant, like if you're posting, hey, I went to this awesome LinkedIn talk this morning and morning startup, you know, hint, hint, uh, and, and you tag me in it, there's a good chance that I'll like or comment on it in the first hour. Right? So that's a quick way to get engagement. All you need to do is have five or six of those, and all of a sudden you've got enough you know, engagement for the algorithm to amplify your post. Um, so yeah, and then also you could, you could send it out to your database. I mean, I, I very rarely have time to organize that when I post something, but yeah, if you did that, obviously it's really relevant traffic and you will get a lot of engagement and your post will do really well, if it's valuable. Question? They release information like this from time to time. LinkedIn have all the stats. In terms of the topics that people are most interested on, LinkedIn number one by far is leadership. People are interested in leadership content. Um, I, yeah, I've got a list somewhere in these slides of actually what the top 10 are, which we'll try and dig up. You've got to think about uh, business-related stuff. And at the moment, because hashtags are still relatively new, you need to use very broad hashtags. The only time that I would use specific hashtags is if you want to create a library of content. 
one of the most difficult things uh, that content creators find is coming up with new ideas to, to you know, post content all the time. So you imagine like trying to post content every day and you just gotta think of a new idea every day. I mean, I wouldn't be able to do that. It'd be very difficult. So what I would suggest doing is you come up with like what I call content pillars, I guess. Um, I have two of them which I use. I've got an interview series called LinkedIn Heroes where I interview entrepreneurs that are making an impact. I release a video every week. And so every week there's a video released of me interviewing an entrepreneur and that's one bit of content that's, you know, I don't have to think about it, it's done. And then I've got another hashtag which I use called Ask Nat. And basically it's people in my network that ask me questions about marketing. And so what better way to find out what people want to know, what people, content people want, than to ask the community. And they use the hashtag, I'll make the video about it, I don't have to think about it. So if somebody clicks on the Ask Nat, they'll see all of the you know, videos that I've done about that. That's the only way at the moment for you to access a library of historical content on LinkedIn. And then like I repurpose my stuff on YouTube because it's up there forever and a day. But on LinkedIn at the moment, like if you just post something, you don't use hashtags or anything like that, after a couple of weeks, it kind of just disappears into the newsfeed. And if somebody doesn't look at it for a few months, it may even just disappear completely off LinkedIn. The way that LinkedIn's working at the moment is most of those posts, and even the articles and videos, they're not showing up in Google. Yeah. Yeah. Google's obviously not crawling the content as much. So yeah, we've talked a lot about engagement, getting likes, and that's not where the value is. Like the value is in the, the leads that it generates. And you don't get leads from likes and comments. Like the people that generally inquire don't like or comment anything. And they'll, they'll send you a private message and they'll say, look, I'll be watching all your videos. And you go, what? And so, I would like you to come in and train our team. You know, and you call them up and it's just a bang, 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 like no negotiations, premium price, they're ready to do business. And that's where the value is. I've had uh, videos which I've put up that literally haven't got that much engagement at all, but I've got like 10, you know, inquiries in my inbox. You can so easily go off track with that stuff. You know, like I'll tell you right now a few stories that will go viral, but it's not going to help your business because they're not relevant. You can keep your content broad or higher level, it will do better. Anything people relate to is going to give you that exposure, you know, to them. It doesn't necessarily have to be content that's about your product or about your service. It can be Anything that like was related, like you could post something about relationships, and people go, "Oh yeah, I agree with that. That's an exposure." You know, they're building a relationship with you. Yeah. Yeah. So in the last couple of years, groups have pretty much become a, a waste of time. They've, yeah, they're not getting much traction as, at all. Um, which is a shame, but yeah, I mean, it, it helps a little bit, but when, when I was writing articles before video came out, I'd share them in 50 groups and bang, we get heaps of traffic. Um, it's not working like that at the moment, but it, like, when, what I've found is when things like that aren't working, LinkedIn will find a way to you know, get them back on track. Sure, um, just so I understand the question correctly, when you post the content, the written form content, is it done through a personal profile or a company? Company profile. Okay, yeah, interesting. And are you sponsoring that post or? Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, interesting. So yeah, the statistics are, and the research shows that through a personal profile will generally perform better. I guess there's a few variables that might affect it, like the number of followers you have. If there's more on a company page, then you're more likely to get exposure. I guess if the team are all like engaging on the content, then it might get more exposure. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, the personal profiles typically do better. Maybe that's because people generally have more followers on their personal profile, I don't know. Um, but those are the statistics uh, across the board.
uh, where it's, whether it's long-form articles or short-form articles. I guess the, the other thing to also bear in mind is if you have a link in your post to a website off LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn will typically not show it to as many people because they don't want people leaving their site through a personal profile. But th that may not apply with a company profile because, you know, obviously, like, if you're sponsoring a post, then they want to show it to as many people as they can. So th that might be another variable if the content's off, off of LinkedIn. I guess with any social media site or any, uh, you know, whether Google or, or YouTube or whatever you do online, the owners of these platforms, they want to give the users a good experience. And so, like, when they decide what content they're going to show up at the top, they're thinking about, you know, what's going to be most valuable to the user. So, you know, when I was started in digital marketing 15 years ago, I could get a website to the top of Google and we get loads of leads. I was working in the real estate industry. And I got recruited by this big firm in Hong Kong, 150 agents, and I pretty much while I was moving over to Hong Kong, Google updates its algorithm. Bang, page 100, right? <laughs> and so I learned very quickly that you, you, you can only get away with you know, certain hacks and things like that for a short time. So like all the guys, Instagram influencers is a great example. Like, you know, they've got like 300,000 followers, they're buying likes for 10 cents or whatever it is. And, you know, they're, like, yeah, they get, they're actually growing the business at the moment. They're still working. Um, but that will only last for so long because it's only going to take a little bit of time before Instagram work out how to give the user a good experience and bang, those guys all lost, or they're all out of business. Same things happen, will happen on LinkedIn. So I guess I would always encourage just starting with a customer, really. Like, if you don't know your audience, you, you, you know, you, you, it's like trying to um, shoot blind. So if you fi find out who your customer is, if you've got 20 customers, call them all up and say, hey, how can I add more value to your business? Call them, like don't email them, call them up and ask them like what would be valuable. Then you can find out what content to start pushing out to them, right? That's the most important thing by far before you do anything else. And then you can use all these tips and hacks and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like none of it, none of it will work unless you're providing value. So that's the most important part. The most important thing that I've found is um, making sure that you provide value. And it's not, it's not easy, but the customers know the answer. Because what you think is valuable is typically not the same as what the customer thinks is valuable. Yes? Should you include a call to action in your video? Should you include a call to action in your video? Um, look, if you've provided value first, then yeah, by all means, you know, include a call to action. Um, yeah, I, it, it depends on your objective. But yeah, if you, if you want to... Um, You've got a reason for, to put a call to action in there? Absolutely. Like I, there's some people that do it in every single video. If they're providing value, I think that's cool. Um, I've found that um, sometimes I get more leads when there's no call to action. So it just depends on what works for your business. And I know we're um, out of time, guys. So thank you. Awesome. All right. Cheers. <laughs>